0: line at kpfa.org. The time is 3 o'clock. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy ending. divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is October the 27th, 2015. Halloween this coming Saturday night. Oh, the Castro is such fun. Anyway, most of us, well, most of us pagans know that uh, Halloween is an ancient, ancient uh, celebration of the seasons, you know. Uh, I I want that old-time religion, yeah. Give me that old-time religion back in the day before, before the patriarchal Christian, uh, you know, those, uh, let's see, the three major faiths at least. Uh, oh, you know... Uh, <laughs> The ones that the boys do now. Um, you know, the priests in their dresses. Anyway, uh, I made a list of all the rituals, you know, and how they evolved. But there's so many books out now. It's just breathtaking how we've rediscovered the past. Anyway, the rituals morph uh, all over the world, though there's magic. People love this stuff, uh, Day of the Dead, Mm-hmm. All my dead dears. Uh, let's see. Oh, Hallow's Eve is the, I believe it's the 31st and then uh, November the 1st is the big holiday. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I think that human beings just need a chance to go out in the forest and run around and dance in the nude. <laughs> Celebrate life, death, sex, fertility. Uh, I I I have so many books on this subject, and I could recommend just one. Uh, it's called The Women's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets by Barbara Walker. It's my favorite reference book, and you can get it for, oh, as little as $20 for a big paperback, but it has all these wonderful wonderful ways to understand the way uh, our modern religions have been pretty much stolen from the old the old uh culture of the, the goddess the language of the goddess the myths of the goddess you know they just changed costumes anyway time has uh, Altered all this stuff, and I think it's getting changed again. Uh, our values are shifting. We know that this is sacred stuff. Uh, people make such a fuss these days, you know, about whether you're spiritual or you're not spiritual. How about are you conscious? Uh, <laughs> do you do you know? You know what's going on? Do you see that uh, the earth is? having a little trouble, you know, Gaia, getting a little sick, coughing, yes, Uh, uh, we need to make Mother Earth our Messiah and all that stuff, Uh, all that stuff is so basic, however, uh, all the, I guess we call them the powers, the rulers, uh, all those guys, they uh, just want to alter ...things to suit their own concepts. Uh, You know, uh, in the old days, we had these wise women, these Wicca, and these scholars came along, and they said that these wise women were witches. You know, uh, which I believe, uh, if you look it up, it says to know, right? (laughs) You know, now, whether you feel strongly about ancient theology, the way I do or if you just like to dress up in colorful costumes and go dancing, I think that it is worth telling young people all about this history, about the role of women before Christianity, before any of these, um, I guess we just call them repressive, <laughs> repressive rights got going. Uh, uh I... I know that it's not fashionable these days to talk about, uh, well, feminism's gotten to be, yes, the F word. The truth is that the new stuff, the, the uh, male-centered, phallocentric religions, they do denigrate the feminine principle it's not just boys and girls the feminine principle is uh, the life principle you know Thanos and Thanatos and Eros that stuff when I was a child I was just happy to bob for apples and go out trick or treating and uh, when I dressed up as a witch I didn't I didn't go like (laughs) the the cackling old crone I went as a glamorous witch think Morticia Adams in the Adams Family. That was about my style. Did you know that the famous uh, witch in that movie, The Wizard of Oz, the Hollywood movie, uh, The Wicked Witch of the West, you remember, the actor was Margaret Hamilton. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I'm melting, melting. I love it. Uh, Millions of children. Still think of that witch. She's kind of the definitive figure of this horrid old, uh, she had green skin and, uh, anyway, I think we have some new, new slants on this witch thing. Uh, Angelina Jolie makes a terrific witch in a couple of recent films later. I, uh, learned that the role of that Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz, uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, was originally played by Gail Sondergaard. She uh, was up there, and I don't know whether it was because they didn't like the way she looked, or maybe it was something to do with the Un-American Activities Committee. Anyway, they they got her out of the picture and put in Margaret Hamilton, because, of course, Gail Sondergaard was... Ah, uh, not just graceful. She was awesome. She's ultra cool. She has that strange smile. Uh, I'm sure you re- remember her at the end of the movie, The Letter, you know, when she's gonna kill Betty Davis. Anyway, I first saw Gail Sondergaard, uh, as a, uh, mythical fairy tale woman who becomes a cat in a movie called The Blue Bird. Very old picture. I found it unforgettable. I love the blue bird. It's all about uh, children, little children. They seem to be in some kind of limbo, and they are waiting to be born. They will be born, and they're all going to uh, get on this ship. They exist on some celestial plane, and when the ship comes, they... They all get on board and go down to the earth. (laughs) Oh, Abe Lincoln is the most thoughtful. He kind of looks grim, but I always remember the bluebird when I hear someone say that we come to earth with sealed orders. And not all of us have opened the envelope yet. I digress. Uh, Anyway, if you're interested in human behavior, in magic, uh, in human psychology, check out uh, the uh, November issue of Harper's, November 2015. There are reviews of uh, the American witch hunts. The article is titled, Trial and Error, Three Centuries of American Witch Hunts by Ruth Franklin. Uh, Ruth Franklin tackles two books. One is The Witches, Salem, 1692, written by Stacy Schiff, S-C-H-I-F-F, Little Brown. Anyway, uh, the second book is by Richard Beck, B-E-C-K, and it's about the... Panic in the 1980s. You remember the 1980s? The title is We Believe the Children, A Moral Panic in the 1980s. Published by uh, Public Affairs. Now, that's a press that I'm not familiar with. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, three centuries of American witch hunts and they haven't ended yet. Now, these paranoid waves of fear come rolling along, you know, when uh, the stress is too much. People get too repressed and all frightened, you know. They have the social stress, the economic stress, all the ills that flesh is heir to. Uh, Carl Jung is always talking about this, how uh, we have these orgies of, paranoid uh, uh, reactions and then of course things quiet down and then here we go again now the Salem witch trials uh, they were not anything like the uh, the horrors we're witnessing today I mean the body count wasn't very high Uh, these days we've got uh, genocidal massacres too many to list people think we're living in hell on earth uh Yes, part of the time. Uh, I think Rwanda had the largest body count in uh, recent decades. Some say that was a million souls. All I remember, well, no, no, none of that. We all know uh, how awful it can get. Today it's the earthquake. and uh, Anyway, it's just that the Salem... The Salem Witch Trials, they're such a perfect petri dish, you know. Uh, you see these things developing. see what happens when human beings are uh, harassed, uh, frightened, and then suddenly they're harnessed by fear. They just act out of sheer fear. Now, uh, people can't take all that much, and you know like the rats they go mad uh, you can call it hysteria that was Freud liked that word anyway I like the notion my favorite notion about Salem in the 17th century uh, was that a fungus containing hallucinogenic chemicals infected the rye crop in that year <laughs> yes sixteen, sixteen sixty-two. 1662 right uh, they were all Ah, it'd be like having an LSD trip. They were having a bad trip. That's all right. Anyway, what matters today in our society is the growing mental instability of so many human beings. Emotional instability is probably better than better word than mental. I think that's closer to reality. The words don't help much. Uh... Diagnosis, I once worked for a group of psychiatrists, and they were always they were always too cautious to put down a a real diagnosis. They would put impression you know impression involutional melancholia uh, paranoid type that sort of thing you know want to hedge their bets anyway uh emotional basket cases simply allow their feelings to dictate to their reason. Can we call it reason? You know, they believe what they have to believe. Whether it leads to homicide, suicide, well, it's a fairly straightforward response uh, to lives in crisis. Uh, (laughs) These days, lives of quiet desperation are... uh, are less appealing, you know, it's too quiet, yes, appealing in a world obsessed with celebrity, you know, it's going to go out in a crash, notoriety, uh, my favorite little little note here is, uh, whatever you do, don't mention their names, that's what they're after, they want to be on a billboard, anyway, uh, I guess they feel that they might as well take a few, few other souls with them, I guess, uh, I guess they're pretty bitter. Sometimes the ones who crack, uh, you know, they, they may actually have something called a motive. I mean, they may aim for a specific group, you know, um, people of color, women, yes, women, those women in the engineering department Canada, I'm trying to think, mm hmm, seven women, uh, Hard to imagine what special motive would drive a psychopath to target those very young little children. Never mind, witch hunts uh, just seem to be part of the fabric of history. I remember the McCarthy era in the 1950s, old Joseph McCarthy and HUAC, the House on american Activities. Uh, committee, I guess it was, um, you know, it's like, like these days, the only person they can haul up in front of the committee is Hillary Clinton, for uh, 11 hours, she had to talk to those guys, that Gowdy, Gowdy, he was, a, uh, uh, well, he was embarrassing, he couldn't even, uh, uh, well, I don't like to criticize people's grammar. It sounds elitist. Anyway, uh, uh, back in the day, in the 1950s, uh, all you had to do was say communist and then, you know, clear and present danger. Uh, I shudder to see people that are so beloved. Uh, Gary Cooper would be one. Uh, Oh, dear. Well, I'm sure they were ashamed, but they did what they had to do to keep their jobs. Uh, I thought about that once a few years ago when I was a very young woman, a school teacher, I signed a loyalty oath, and I did it because I needed the job, and everybody else did it. And the more I think about it, it's the one thing I ever did. Literally, I think the only official thing I ever did that I'm ashamed of. But anyway... You know how it was back in the 50s it was serious lives were destroyed careers ended uh now you know how it is uh artists and creative types uh, they're they're a little bit uh, red you know obviously commies they're so undisciplined kind of feminine principle there you know uh Emma Goldman Rosa Luxemburg uh mm, back in the early 20th century Loose women, definitely commies. Well, I remember my education, my liberal education, included a play by Arthur Miller uh, called The Crucible. Uh, Big thing in my, my youth, The Crucible. We worked on that so, so hard anyway. The Crucible was based on the events in Salem back in the 17th century, right down to some individual specifics. Uh, The man who uh, played the lead, John Proctor, Uh, Arthur Miller called him John Proctor, he was a man named George Burroughs, B-U-R-R-O-U-G-H, and he simply told the court, in open court, he simply stated that there was no such thing as a witch, you know what happened to him. Anyway, Arthur Miller thought that he would be a perfect model for John Proctor, his central character in The Crucible. You know, you remember in the end, uh, he wouldn't sign the, the uh, confession, he said, because it is my name. It is my name. That's it. That's what I think of when I think of signing a loyalty oath just to get a job in the Oakland Public school. Now, if you saw the film The Crucible, Daniel Day Lewis played John Proctor. Uh when I did the play, I I didn't really get angry. I didn't quite understand. I I, I was still pretty deep um into a sexist mindset. Uh the playwright used a young girl, Abigail, to provoke the evil. Now, there was an Abigail, I believe she was 12, and uh, the other girls were about the same age, all of them very young. Uh, However, in Arthur Miller's world, uh, my world too, in those years, it was conventional to uh, blame a seductive female for damn near anything we all know. (laughs) How dangerous they are. Uh, Let's see, it was Winona Ryder she played Abigail and she certainly went straight into the heart of darkness she was a little rat you knew that from the first moment Uh, and she was willing to use other people uh, in the play she uh, is fully aware it's written so that we are to understand that she's doing evil consciously she wants John Proctor for herself they had a little affair while John's, John Proctor's wife was pregnant, you know, the sort of thing, and, uh, John's wife, uh, put her out, fired her, uh, Abigail hopes to see Proctor's wife hang for a witch, never mind that the real Abigail, you know, was nothing like, uh, the girl in the play, uh, there's another girl that's now working for John Proctor, the one that has the little doll, you know, Abigail. I was very smart about putting uh, little dolls with needles in them in strategic places. Anyway, there's a slave in the play, Tituba. That's a hard character to portray in the, well, it was the 20th century, right? Uh, today's social climate, very hard to demonize an uh, African-American slave. Uh, she wasn't American yet, for goodness sakes, pardon me, um uh, a colony. Anyway, um, the evidence, the factual evidence on Tetuba is not clear. All kinds of interpretations, uh, I guess, I mean, doubtless, she did what she had to do to stay alive. Uh. Most of the women who confessed were not uh, killed, hanged, whatever. Uh, If you didn't confess, then obviously you had to be executed. Arthur Miller was definitely a man of his time, as aren't we all, back in his day. The ideal villain would be a seductive teenager who uh, has it in for a susceptible... uh, older male. There's a scene in the forest in that play. I used to do it, I remember in in New York in acting classes, the scene between John Proctor and Abigail in the forest when she tries to tell him that his life is uh, boring and that he should run away with her. That's quite something. Uh, She's a kind of succubi, you know, the The stories, the myth about the woman who comes in the night to men and they cannot resist her. Lilith, that's it. Lilith, she's a terrible threat. Now, for the Puritans, sex was anything, anything but the natural human behavior. Uh, uh, In our day, we're very conflicted about what is called recovered memories. Uh, You remember when Freud discovered sexual abuse. At first, he believed his patients, and then later, he changed his mind. I mean, I guess their husbands and fathers were paying the bills, uh, for one thing, and for another, he began to believe that the women made up these stories because they uh, wished them to happen. It was wish fulfillment. Uh, there we go. Anyway, I just wanted to put a footnote in here. Uh Most of the people I talk to are still in the dark about some of this. Uh, I believe firmly that recovered memories are real. So is just ordinary memory. Those of us who suffered such assaults have no doubts about these crimes. Uh, Those others who may have been encouraged to remember, you know, by their therapists... Or social workers. Uh, They may or may not recall assaults. It may be wish fulfillment, or it may be just something suggested by uh, uh, an adult who is obviously puerile. Anyway, even rape, uh, all this molestation stuff. uh, There's so much of it in the culture, the stories about it, that I I think is perfectly reasonable for children to... uh, to fantasize. Freud said, yes, fantasizing. Anyway, just for the record, I will state that real memories do exist, uh, may exist throughout life, uh, as well as uh, having recovered memories, both, in my case, both. Recovered memory is simply uh, the emergence of details, In my 30s, I was able to dredge up a memory long buried, but it was attached to other memories that uh, were never lost. I firmly believe that my psychology is fairly common. I wanted to be in control. I remembered, well, I remember enough to protect myself if any such threat came again. Uh, (laughs) I'm a fast learner. On the other hand, there were some things, I think, let's see, I'm looking, I was 10 years old. uh, I have several pieces of fiction and nonfiction about this. uh, And uh, I think that my effort to keep my mask on caused me, well, I waited till I was in my 30s to let the worst part of that experience come to the surface. I realize now how sane that was. I don't take more than I can take. My psyche operates on a need-to-know basis. My pride or my self-image could not have borne the whole truth. <laughs> yes. somebody said, I think it was Freud, that we will do anything to think well of ourselves. Arthur Miller is certainly not to blame for the limitations of his psychosexual perceptions. Uh, It may be true that a jealous teenager was or is capable of plotting the murder of the wife of a man she wants. There is, in such cases, several of them in the uh, uh, tabloid media, yes. It's a terrific soap opera, but... I kind of want, or I'm waiting for a play in which we see all the ways these social tsunamis come about, how they can take over uh, a community. Uh, Now, these stories are not Christian fables of right and wrong or good and evil. Human behavior is much more complex than that. Uh, Most of the time, almost everyone... Has a share in the blame. Uh, And the stuff that happens, well, we have to understand it on multiple levels. Uh, Now, I was just going to finish up here because I wanted to tell you, I guess the only thing to finish with is, I notice that masses of people believe it is a good thing to kill a killer. And as long as that is the case, (laughs) I think we have a lot of work to do. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air again next Tuesday at this same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. to prepare for our future, like KPFA. KPFA has a mission of peace and understanding between nations. And that will help create a more peaceful world for us to grow up in. Thanks for helping make the world a better place for our future. Thank you, KPFA! Yes, and thank you all who help keep KPFA thriving and surviving for our future generations. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it also takes a village to run and support KPFA. And we thank you all.